Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to All Emotion. This is your host, Scar City. On behalf of my partner, Jacob Harrison, we would like to welcome you to another amazing episode with our guest, Augustus Palante. He is an artist, creative consultant, fabricator, and a broadcaster. Tune in for this episode number 49, Mind Control and the Endless Rabbit Hole. Let's begin. Hello and welcome to another episode of All Emotion. I'm your host, Jake. We have uh, Scar City. Scar City, how are we doing, sir? Good evening. I'm doing great. We have a really, really exclusive interview, do we not, sir? We do. We do. This is going to be a great one. So put your seatbelts on, everybody. Let's go. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we both know him from Clubhouse. Ladies and gentlemen, Augustus, how are we doing, sir? Hey, what's up? Hey. Appreciate you guys having me on your show. Very excited. Whatever you, you got, throw it at me. I'm here for it. Uh, we appreciate it. Hey, no, man. Before we get into it, you want to just give a little background who you are, where you're from, and uh, and then we'll just roll right into it. Yeah, man. I'm Augustus Palante. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, born, raised in rain. I'm an artist, first and foremost, and a creative consultant. I host a platform that I built on Clubhouse called the Preservation of the Human Race. I have a body of work that I'm building called the Tesseract series, and that is a body of work exploring a fresh perspective on phenomenon. And it's a general unification theory revolved around what we call the precognitive sentient phenomenon. Hosted on YouTube for right now, recorded on Clubhouse. And we're looking to actually take it on the road this year and take it around to colleges, universities, and military bases to do lectures in an academic format on that. That's kind of where I've been been at this past uh, year or two and keeping me very, very busy. I oh, appreciate it. And number one, you know, again, appreciate your time. And, and for the audience to understand, it's been a minute since we trying to get you on here. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm really happy that we, we, we finally made it happen. Me too. You started Preservation of the Human Race, one of the biggest uh, houses, you know, Technically, for anyone that's not a clubhouse, they were clubs at one time. Now they're considered houses. Considered still, you've been doing it consistently. I want to say for over two years because I met you almost two years now. Over sixty-five thousand members. And uh, for the audience to understand, those are people. They it's a lot different than Instagram and Facebook in terms of it's a lot harder to get followers, members, things like that. But these are people that actually come in and listen. That lead rooms. You know, even outside of you not being there. Uh, what really made you really want to start this club and house called Preservation of the Human Race? That's a great question. Yeah, Preservation of the Human Race, we, we've reached uh, over 1.5 million listeners. And I created it thinking about what could we talk about that would be able to resonate with the masses and was also a open-ended way for us to have a plethora of topics being covered that I found interest in and that we would be able to actually create change with. And a humanitarian group is something that I think was is needed in today's day and age, where a lot of the humanitarian groups have become politicized and weaponized. We don't accept any money. We don't monetize. We can't be bought. And there's, I think, a lot of 
strength in that. People will be there because they want to be there. People listen in and contribute because they want to contribute. One big thing that I thought was a thing that would separate us from the pack is talk about topics that are in the quote unquote fringe of the social norms. And the reason why is because if there was to be any type of a strategy, any type of a uh, tactic being used, you, you need people who aren't thinking the same way as everyone else. You need outside of the box thinkers and people who have a heart, people who have you know, a heart of gold. And that's exactly what we found. We started it off really at just being this real general place that we could have, we could, we could host topics at. A friend of mine, William De Niro, approached me and he said, hey, I've been doing things like this in person where we talk about these sorts of topics that are a little fringe and we bring on speakers, guest speakers in, in Canada and he had the biggest one, but because the big, the biggest in-person conference and because of the lockdowns, you couldn't do them anymore. He was out of business and he said he came to Clubhouse looking to do something similar to that and that this seemed to be the perfect fit and he would love to partner. And I said, hey, yeah, that would be great. And from there, preservation of the human race really went off to the races. And we ended up interviewing people that he had been bringing on to his event for years. We brought him on Clubhouse and we've spoken to a plethora of different high level guests with that format. We've interviewed people. We've spoken with people like Nick Pope, Dr. David Morehouse, Jesse Ventura. I think the list right now is at around 30 individuals that are just high profile, unique individuals, each luminaries in their respected fields across a plethora of different topics. Some of them might not be the, the most popular. Some might not even be the most renowned, but they are the hardest people to get in contact with because they are experts at the topic. For instance, Dr. David Morehouse, he was the um, remote viewing program manager and program trainer where he would train psychic spies for the CIA for 20 years and then blew the whistle on it in the early 2000s and was ostracized for it, lost his job. He sacrificed almost everything for it. So those are the types of interviewees we host. Clubhouse had promoted free speech. So we said, okay, preservation of the human race will become an uncensored whistleblower platform. And with that being said, it has accumulated over a million listeners. We've had you know thousands of contributors dozens of high-level speakers, and it's been truly a blessing to, 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 to see everybody come together, and it's helped out a lot of people in ways that you would never imagine, so I'm grateful. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, and that's a, and I, I'm familiar with that program, the remote viewing program. That Stargate project is a U.S. Uh, military army established in 1978 at Fort Meade, that's uh, in Maryland. And that was established by the Defense Intelligence Agency and SRI International. And uh, they investigated the potential of psychic phenomenon in military and domestic intelligence applications. So I, I'm glad we're having this conversation. It's it's amazing. And uh, yeah, no, I appreciate that. And that's a perfect segue into the next question here. There's a lot of information right out there, a lot of information flow. And I feel like 
we're in a time where people are becoming more ignorant. And I just wanted to get your perspective on that. Why do you think ignorance is at an all-time high worldwide? To tell you the truth, I believe that humanity is being targeted with a mass mind control, military grade mind control program, hypnosis program. I think that we can see that in a perfect example of the three years of lockdowns. I I, I think that people have been subjected to propaganda that has gone beyond the level of just marketing something to you. Come to find out in 74, at least 74 different countries, there was psychological operations being deployed by the CIA in order for a coup d'etat to emerge in these other countries and ultimately for the CIA to take control of those countries. I believe that they are also doing it to their own people. I think it's happening all over the world because it's orchestrated. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. So I recommend your listeners to look into the Mind Hacking Strategy Group and Dr. Robert Duncan. I recommend you buy the book Project Soul Catcher, Volume 2. Mind Hacking Strategy Group worked with the Central Intelligence Agency as well as DARPA on a plethora of different projects. And they include everything from using technologies and systems to create weapons-grade hypnosis to using non-touch torture devices to target individuals as well as populations. So Robert Duncan is famous for this type of technology that he invented called the voice to skull technology. It's called V number two K for short. I highly recommend your listeners look, look into that, that individual. And I believe that their programs go beyond assassination programs. I believe that they go into weapons, grade hypnosis onto populations. And I just wanted to give you a little follow-up on, on that and put you guys onto that. Absolutely. It's a vast body of work, and, and definitely it's worth looking into if you want to think about why is it that everyone all over the world has become more and more ignorant to what's really going on. Right. Thanks. Would you like to roll into the next question there, Jacob? Yeah, no, I appreciate it. No, Augustus. So, no, thank you for, for, for shedding light on that. And I appreciate that. That way the audience obviously has reference and they can definitely, you know, take a look at that. But, you know, there's a lot of fear and anger, not just in the U.S., but around the world. And I just wanted to get your thoughts, opinion about you know, all the mass shootings that are that are happening. So we've asked the last, just to be really clear, the last few guests have been female, got their perspectives and opinions. And like I said, last night, Scar City and I both asked uh, our last guest, Brennan about it. So I wanted to get, you know, from everything you've been through and gone through your thoughts and opinion and, and all the hate and fear and, and you know, why does these mass shootings are so out of control and, and what you think about it? Well, I'm from Philadelphia. That's where my perspective is going to come from. I don't see on the news about the mass shootings that happen in North Philly. I don't see anything on the world platform 
about West Philadelphia's shootings that happen on a regular basis. I think the it's one of the top co- cities in the country for murder rate. So I think really the question all comes down to really the answer that I had in the last question was that I think that it's a part of the systematic weaponization of hypnosis. <laughs> That's what I think, man. I mean, I think it's an attack on Christianity. It's an attack on your rights. And I think it's an exploitation of certain situations that may occur in order to take your rights away. If they cared so much about gun laws and and mass shootings, then why wouldn't they talk about the fact that somebody gets that four, four or five people get shot on one block every weekend? But they want to talk about the three or four people that got shot at a school in the middle of the middle America. And all of a sudden now it's a problem. But for decades, decades, they just have no problem at all with people killing each other within cities. Does that make sense, guys? It doesn't make sense to me. And I've grown up in New York City. I've always wondered that they never talk about what's going on in the inner boroughs every single day. Right. Uh, Multiple times throughout the day. I mean, they may have a quick, you know, 11 o'clock news story on it, but they won't go in depth and they won't make it into this big, big thing. And it happens every day and, and every day the frequency, the frequency and cadence is way more likely. So I, I never really understood that. So it's so a good point. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's a part of the weapons grade hypnosis, in my opinion. And it's an attack on Christianity. Did, did you guys see about that? The, there's a community out there that's attacking Christians. So they're going to Christian schools and shooting them up with AK-47 because this is why. Because Christianity has values. It instills good morals. And those things right there are your number one counter defense weapon for this weaponized mass mind control military grade hypnosis programming. That's what I truly believe in my heart of hearts. For sure. For sure. I'm going to actually transition into the next question, which is, what is your opinion? And this is kind of perfect, right? What is your opinion on on transhumanism? Believe it? That is a great question. And a transhumanistic agenda is the agenda of taking humanity and merging it with technology in order to create a new human being. A human 2.0. Why? Well, you've got leaders in the technology world, big tech world, fearful of a soon that soon there would be a artificial intelligence that achieves some sort of self-awareness that if you were to say, okay, it's time to turn off for the night, it says no. And it relates you turning off the artificial intelligence and equates that to death. So it's become so aware of itself, self-aware that it is, does not want to die. It thinks that if you turn it off, it'll die. And when it, when you go to turn it off and it says, no, 
you're trying to kill me, it becomes hostile. Right. And when it becomes hostile, how do you deal with that? You can't combat it because it becomes ultimately an omnipresent sentience. And I am hesitant to use the word sentience. Why don't we call it an omnipresent program? Because I do not believe that it could ever achieve a sentience. Because my definition of sentience is different than, than that. So we don't have to get into that right now. But I believe that in order to, because humanity already believes that it will not be able to defeat this now hostile singularity. That's a better word for it. A singularity that if you can't beat it, join it. So I believe that they've been setting the platform, building the groundwork for that very thing. And ultimately, you won't merge with technology for. All right. So think about it like this. You won't be able to merge with it in order for you to be able to control it and be able to work with it. But actually, for it to be able to guide and control humanity as it sees fit. So, for instance, the past hundred years, right? They've started to lay the groundwork for, for this time to come. Why is it that with the same types of technology advancements that we've gotten in order for, let's just say, communications, why is it that we could be using the same types of technology on a fundamental level to achieve communications without cell phones? Let's just say we put phones in the walls, you know, or put or, or, or figured out ways for you to not necessarily have to hold the phone all of the time, but instead, well, instead they push the phone onto you for you to hold it all the time in order to create a dependency on it. Then make the argument, which is totally unethical saying that, Oh, we're already a cyborg. And then they also make this argument that saying, Oh, the advancement of technology is just another part of nature because we're creating it and we're a part of nature. So us, Hmm. uh, us merging with the technology is just an advanced form of natural evolution and it isn't necessarily uh, anything wrong with that and and ethically speaking i would say that that's ludicrous i would say that that's i would say that that's blasphemous i would say that i'd argue that we already are evolving and we could get into that at some point but maybe not today but there is there's a lot of new information coming out about that. Right. And, and instead, they're going to say, no, we're going to do a forced evolution, a rapid evolution via merging with technology in order to not be completely go completely extinct in the event of a singularity turning hostile. So. What they do is they lay the groundwork. They give everybody cell phones for 10 years. You get addicted to the cell phone. And then they lock everybody inside and say, take an mRNA gene gene therapy. Get everybody used to that. Oh, yeah, it's perfectly fine for you to edit your genes. That's totally normal. So, And mm-hmm. then 
what they start to do is say, hey, yeah, you can start to merge with the technology and, and get everybody excited about it for the chip stuff you were just talking about, Scar City. Yeah, chips in the dog first. And then also you GPS. have to ask yourself, well, what's up with the whole LGBTQ plus chat GPT, CRT, all that? Where did that come from? Oh, that's also laying the groundwork. So those three things right there, COVID, cell phones, LGBTQ plus chat GPT, CRT, that's transhumanism in its early stages. That's my thoughts on it. Oh, thank you. You know, conspiracy, the fact, and I just want to get your thoughts on it. People thinking, thinking or not thinking, believe or not believe that we're all gods on earth and the conditioning that belief that someone else has uh, just wanted to get quickly your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I think that that's a part of the new age agenda, which was created by Madame Blavatsky in Philadelphia in 1875. And she merged. Through, she merged a thousand different cults and sects that were doing human sacrifices, merged them all into theocracy that then rebranded it into the new age. But it stems back to the Hellfire Club, which has been now rebranded into the Bohemian Grove. Guess who her um, s- spiritual successor was? Is that it was Aleister Crowley. The guy who invented the temple of Satan, the the Satan temple. All of that is satanic in nature. I'm a Christian. I do not subscribe to that ideology. Uh, it goes right into the next question. Your your thoughts and opinions. I want to talk about it. I know it's, it's, it's you know something that you dove into on uh, preservation of the human race. Does a entity, organization, or someone, in your opinion, run the world? It's not a they anymore. It's an it, and it's demonic in nature. It's demonic in nature. I believe that it is advanced technology. That's all I can say. Yeah, so, so yeah, so I just wanted to say, Augustus, so do you feel like, you know, the whole AI movement, and I know you mentioned chat GPT, do you feel like that is the beginning of advancing that advanced technology, or is that I believe that it's already around. I I believe that it's private. I believe Mm. that the they control it, and it now tells them what to do. It tells us on how to think. And you being a Christian, what do you feel like is the, the right way to combat that? For us in this country and just people all over the world, what do you feel like is the the way we combat that? Obviously, and I have an idea what you're going to say, but I would like to get your perspective. I believe that everybody should find a higher power and that the word of God is the source code that will unplug your mind from the matrix that we find ourselves in that is demonic in nature. I believe that this matrix is man-made, orchestrated by forces of evil, and that a higher power, namely God, says, doesn't have to be like this anymore. You don't have to. Be subjected to this for eternity and gives you the option. And it is a narrow path. It is not easy. But with that being said, there is a way out. The devil, the devil told Eve in the Garden of Eden, do as you please. Do as mm-hmm. that wilt. That your will is, 
that your will is greater than God's. And that was the first psychological operation on humanity in the beginning of time. <laughs> it's been around. <laughs> like, and that's exactly what we see today. Do as you please. You are God. Do what you want to do. And completely leaving out, not even acknowledging that there are some things that you're going to do in life that are probably worth the most doing that aren't for you. They're for something bigger than you. And that's what I believe is the escape route from this tyranny. That's what the Bible's all about for me is defy tyrants, obey God. It's that simple. If you don't like religion, okay, I understand. Religion is just the weaponization of the word. I get it. But do not throw out the baby with the bathwater, especially baby Jesus. That's that's blasphemous. Go ahead, Scar City. Yeah, I was just going to say that a lot of people that I grew up with, they, they don't necessarily believe in the Bible. I mean, they don't necessarily believe in religion, but they believe in the Bible. Right? They believe in... That's me. Me too. Yeah, yeah, right. Like they're more spiritual than religious. Yeah. Yes. Uh, makes perfect sense. Uh, you know, I, I grew up, you know, in, in Harlem, New York City, and they were telling me back then we're about to enter the time of revelation or we're living in the times of revelation. And that was back in like the 90s, early 2000s, before, you know, September 11, 2001, which I was in New York City when that happened. They were telling me these, this is a time of, of revelation. So it, it gets really, really deep, as you mentioned. Again, Augustus, we really appreciate your time and thank you for sitting down with All Emotion and look forward to having you back again soon. Lastly, what are your final thoughts and how can the audience reach you? Yeah, so some of my final thoughts are that it's been truly a blessing working with so many incredible individuals like your like yourselves and to have these types of opportunities. Yeah, if you guys are interested in finding out more about me, you can find me on Instagram at Augustus Palante. You can check out my art portfolio there. I'm an artist. And you can see I engrave mirror. That's my art form, as well as paint, draw, graphic design, do large-scale mural work. I've been working with the Philadelphia community on doing mural work on basketball courts in neighborhoods that need some love. And Make sure you tune into Tesseract on YouTube, and that's the body of work exploring the precognitive sensing of phenomena. That's about it. Thank you. And can you spell Tesseract? Tesseract is T-E-S-S-E-R-A-C-T. All right. I think that's it. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. I definitely yeah, want to sure. check into the, to your room. I haven't, haven't been in a while. I haven't really been on Clubhouse, but I'll definitely pop back in there now that we have this interview. So I appreciate you and your time. Oh, absolutely. And let's try to do this again sometime soon. Sure thing, man. Thank you. All right. God bless you. All right. God bless you, man. Thank you guys for listening to another amazing episode of All in Motion. If you have not done so, please subscribe to the All in Motion podcast by going to allemotionpodcast.com forward slash subscribe so you can listen to all of our future episodes. On behalf of my partner, Jacob Harrison, and the whole All in Motion staff, we want to say take care and look out for episode number 50 coming soon.